Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Podcast. We bring together the best technical leaders to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Flavio, and I'm your host for today. I connect business with talented software engineers in the tech space. I'm joined today by a fantastic panel to talk about remote versus hybrid working. Before we get into the discussion, let's make some introductions. So we have Paul Tiley, CTO at CoinPass. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning all. I'm the CTO at CoinPass. We're, we're a crypto exchange that regulated and based in the UK. Great. Thank you. Brian Arkin, CTO at Kinec. Hi all. Yeah, I'm, as you said, I'm a CTO at FinTech called Kinec. I've also developed the Galapagos framework for organizations that are struggling with digital transformations. And I'm writing a book on that, which is due to be published early 2024. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Ali? Hi there. So I'm Ali Salomon, Head of Engineering at Cochineo Blast. We're a digital transformation consultancy working in the tech for good space. We also have a point of donation service called Give a Little, a charity used to take digital donations. Previous to that, I've worked in the fintech payment space for 17 years. Thank you very much. Now we have Craig Grouse, Manager for Mobile Development at Telium. Craig, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Craig Grouse, Mobile Engineering Manager at Telium. And Telium is a real-time customer data platform. Thank you very much. Okay, great. So remote versus hybrid has been a topic now for, for years. And I know that companies have different approaches. So we very much look forward to hear all your take and all your points on this. So I'll start with Paul first. Paul, I'll read your questions and then you can expand on it as well. So Paul has made two points about culture and training. I'll go with the first with culture how companies can maintain their unique culture. This could be a different solution or strategy based on environment, habit versus remote. And the second one is around training. What steps can be taken to ensure equal access to resources and training, also providing the right training to remote teams? Paul, do you want to expand on the, on the questions? Yeah. Perfect. So, I mean, I should probably preface and say that we're, we're a completely remote company. So I think there's a lot of these challenges we've been trying to figure out, don't know if we've got it right, but sort of soldiering on and, and, and trying to make our way through. I think when it comes to the training side of things, I mean, it's not necessarily driven by the fact that we're remote, but you know, we're in the fintech space. It's very competitive. It's constantly changing and we're constantly having to push the team to try to think outside the box and let's, let's, you know, push our comfort boundaries, especially from an engineering point of view. Where we've kind of come up to a few problems is how do we get teams access to training? You know, maybe five, six years ago, it was quite simple, send someone on a course and that may or may not result in what you need, but, it, you know, at least you could have access to a lot of face-to-face -face. kind of now in a very digital driven classroom sort of environment, whether that's YouTube, Udemy and various other sort of platforms. I kind of very interested to hear how the rest of the panel sort of addresses that. We've tried various different online workshops with AWS and Udemy and some self-paced learning, had some success and failures in all those areas. But it's it's a I think it's a difficult one to sort of figure out what the magic bullet is. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Brian, do you want to go first? Thank you, Paul. Hi, hi Paul. Yeah. I don't think there is a silver bullet. I've 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 tried exactly the same the same plethora of online learning via, you know, Pluralsight and other, and other video-based classrooms. I think, you know, coming from a, a technology background, and I've, I've run globally distributed teams 
for for quite some time. I'm I'm not really convinced that it's too much of an issue because most of the technologists that that work for me are are self motivated to learn. And I remember that when I was when I was cutting code, I mean that I had I had a stack of books on my desk because it was a veritable library, right? And and that's that's what motivates technical teams, is right? Is 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 a highly technical individuals is 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 learning, right? Is it's I think where the problem um, does raise it, raise its head is actually in the identification of training needs. So trying to identify individuals who you think actually you could do with a you could do with a course on whatever it is, yeah. And in a globally distributed, fully remote environment, that can be quite tricky. Yeah, that does. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, I really like the idea of the self motivated. That is, it's very true, actually. I, I've, I've, I do remember going through books and, and various different things, especially in my early years after university. Uh, yeah, I definitely think self-motivation is a big part of it. Gustav, thank you very much. Ali? Yeah, I, I would definitely echo that point. Yeah, all the, you know, our, our team, our engineering team, they're highly motivated and we like to create a culture of self-learning as well. So I think that's really important to encourage with, with your teams that, you know, if if you don't have that, if if you know employees are, are, are perhaps you know not not going the extra mile to to learn and and improve themselves professionally, that's kind of almost like a warning flag that you need to sort out. But I think you know it's not necessarily a problem for us. We're exposed to you know reasonably complex technolo- technological challenges in our work, and I think that's another aspect to think of as well where on the job training as it were which might sound like a cop-out but you know not everyone has been exposed to all the same experiences that that you might have so exposing that putting them in an environment where they they do something new and new tasks that they may have not 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 done before i think that's a really good opportunity as well and you know making it part of your one-to-ones with your staff as well making sure there's a space for them to flag up training needs that they feel they want to learn but also where you can suggest as a as a manager as well fantastic thank you very much thank you ali craig what's your take yeah i was definitely going to echo ali's point there about managers helping out and facilitating and i think as managers we can make sure that our reports make understand that there is space for them to do training and that it's kind of a part of their job and not just you know they're not going to be penalized for taking some time out to do some training and we need to make sure that we give them the time to do that and then from that point onwards it's it's on them if they if they choose to do it or not you know and that's going to de- depend on their their future prospects i guess and the other thing is as a company we've invested a lot in platforms for learning and the company has incentivized it a lot with you know, just kind of some little competitive type things, leaderboards and things for people who are doing the most learning. And we've invested in platforms like Udemy so that everyone has access to the full catalog of courses for pretty much anything that they would want to do. So I think there's several different things, as well as the fact that you need employees who are motivated to do it for themselves, but they need to feel that they're in that safe space that they can do that and aren't going to get pulled up for spending too much time doing training. I think as managers, we just need to help set the expectations as how much time is reasonable for you to spend during your working week, for example. I'd, I'd like to jump in on that because both Ali and Craig have raised two really good points there. I, 
I, I, it's, it's part of it. It's ingrained in me to make sure that, that my, my staff cross train. So, so where I've got, for example, I've got, you know, hardcore UI developers or hardcore, you know, service side guys. I try and, I try and get them. So I will, I will pair them up to try and not, not just, actually part of this is for my selfish motivation too, because it de-risks my, it de-risks my delivery, right? But, to, but also giving them the options to, to learn other technologies outside of their sphere of expertise. Yeah, that's, that's great. Right. Oh, sorry to Paul. Do you want to jump in there? No, no, I was just going to say, no, I think that's a, that's a really good point. And I think that's a, that's a, a, a time that I've seen in the past. Like you can see those, those really motivated individuals that, you know, even if they have no idea what they're doing, you know, the server side front end is a really good example of like guys quite often specialize in something, but you know, the ones that jump in and want to learn and understand why is, you know, is always a really good, really good sign to see that, to that really motivated individual. Yeah. And I was just going to add, we, we what we do here at Course in Your Blast is is also create a space for people to share their experiences, then the new things that they've learned, whether that be on a project they've they're working on or something they've learned. So having weekly engineering calls to create that space for them to do that is also something quite useful and and also gives gives you know team members membership ownership of the the thing they're doing as well. Yeah, great. Thank you all. Very interesting points. So from from my perspective, I'm not technical, but you guys all manage teams. If you speak to an individual who is all interested, or you or she are all interested in one particular area of, let's say, software in this case, then is that a bit of an alarm bell for you? It, it can be. I think okay. it's, I, I think it's having, having a technical, I mean, there's lots of technicians out there, but having someone who's highly technical and very specialized is, is great, but, but curiosity is better. Yeah, no, that, that that's that's certainly what to see what to see around. You know, companies are interested in what people want to learn, what can learn, and specialization is important. But then, obviously, sometimes you go to wear different hats, and that's valuable by by most. To be fair, okay, great. Thank you, thank you, Paul, for your questions and everybody for the contributions. We can move on to to the next one if we're all happy. So I'll go with Brian. Brian has made two points. How does productivity compare in a remote working environment versus a hybrid model? And the second one is what strategies are most effective in maintaining team cohesion and communication in a remote working environment as compared to a hybrid one? Brian, feel free to expand if you like. So there's, there's, a, there's a massive push now across a number of organizations to get people back in the office. And I'm... I'm not in that camp, I, and this is. I mean, I've, I've I've worked for you know large investment banks running you know running globally distributed functions, and from a personal perspective, I haven't seen a significant difference between remote and fully remote and hybrid working in terms of productivity. That there are there are less tangible metrics like you know the social aspects of you know taking people out for a beer or a glass of wine and the inform- forming informal networks through that. But in terms of actual productivity, I've, n- I've, not seen, I've not seen any difference between fully remote or hybrid. The, the second question was about team cohesion. For me, team cohesion is, is absolutely critical to make sure that you're, you've got effective, effective and efficient team operations. Now, that 
clearly remote working does have a does have a, an impact on that and the way in which I have countered it is by is by promoting the idea of 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 team with a capital T right everybody's everybody's driving towards the same goal they've got the same the same end deliveries to hit and it's collective success or collective failure no individual succeeds or fails it's the team the team succeeds or fails so that's that's what I do to 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 drive team cohesion. But I was wondering how the rest of the guys here have, have handled that in a hybrid or or remote environment. Very interesting points, Brian. And I think a lot is the same with the markets. You know, lots of companies asking for people back to the office, and that's a big topic at the moment. So thanks for that, Greg. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think on the fully remote versus hybrid, I definitely agree. There's not significant difference in productivity if anything it's probably more towards remote i think i i enjoy going into the office for the the social side of things but at the same time it's much harder to have a good chunk of concentration versus being up oh, i think it very much depends on your home environment as well though there's probably some people who would find the opposite so lots of lots of factors involved there and regarding the cohesion i think You've, you've got to put in a lot more effort into making sure that the team feels as one and that they have time to socialize as well, which is what you miss from not being in the office. And I think sometimes those perhaps slightly forced engagements, but things that you you would normally do in the office, you have to try and do those remotely as well if, if you don't get a chance to meet. And then on those occasions where you do get a chance to meet, You've got to put in the effort there as well because those times are, are much fewer and, and further between so yeah i think there's a number of different things that you can do to try and encourage cohesion and yeah i don't think i've got anything else to say on that really thank you very much paul what do you think yeah this one's this one's a really interesting one i think i think you know talking to friends a lot about this i mean we're we're, we're fully remote but you know with friends of mine that are in finance that you know they're getting pushed to go back into the office and and you do hear a lot of people saying they're being pushed back pushed to go back in and and i think it really depends on what you're doing i think we're quite lucky in technical technical roles or managing technical teams that it's not going to really make a difference to us you know a lot of the technical projects that we're doing or that my team are doing is 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 goal driven or results driven as opposed to punching a clock and making sure it's done for four hours or eight hours, which I think really sits quite nicely with remote work because then people can find a comfortable space to do it. And, and you know, that comfortable space could be a coffee shop. It could be a dedicated room in your house. It could be an office in a co-working space in your company, but it's, it's got to be that place that you're comfortable to work. And, and then on the, on the sort of social side communication i mean something that we've had a lot of success with is is dedicating just a small amount of time just to being silly and having fun as a team so we quite like to one friday a month get on a team's call for half an hour and play some silly game online you know whether it's some sort of pictionary driven game or we've even had some success with treasure hunts where someone will leave you've got to run around your house and find an item and hold it up to a web camera you know it's it's completely silly and stupid but you know it's it's kind of replacing that you know, we're not going to the pub or we're not going to lunch or, you know, just something to sort of put a smile on people's face and sort of bring the team together a little bit more on the social social side of things. Thank you, Paul. 
Ali? Yeah, great. So, yeah, kind of agree with everything that's been said so far. Firstly, on on the productivity side, yeah, I, I've not really seen a, a, a drop in, in productivity at all. What I do think you need to watch out for, though, is, is burnout in your team, because actually, I think it goes the other way. People actually doing more work than working longer hours than previous when in, in the office. So I think it's really important just to check in with the team, make sure they're not getting burnt out, make sure that they haven't got too much work to do. And you're able, because a lot of, a lot of people, they, they just keep going and keep going. So set boundaries for them in, in the working patterns or help them to do that themselves. And yeah, I, I guess in terms of cohesion and communication, I think I think it's really important to get together. So there's there's kind of two aspects to that. There's like the team you're in, whatever project you might be working on, but then there's also the company level kind of things. Well, making sure everyone's aligned at, at the company and with your company goals and progress, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and things going on in general. Because you you, you know in the office environment. You know, it's easy. You just have a chat with someone at the kitchen or whatever, and you're just getting that those updates by osmosis almost. But having a space monthly or whatever it might be to expose everyone to what's going on in the company is really important. From a team perspective, I think you know having regular meetings, you know, weekly or whatever it might be, whatever works for you. But then also something we do is is quite nice to 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 get around is on a roughly quarterly basis, we'll have an engineering day where actually we just have, you know, no project work. We just work on a tech technology prod product or, or project or task. Maybe we want to explore some tech, some new ways of doing something. So that's like, you know, just a day where we can play around with stuff and, you know, gel together as a team, which is, which is a nice thing as well. Thank you very much, Ali, for that. I think the, all the points you made are very interesting, and I don't manage tech teams, but as a, as a you know part of the tech industry, I noticed a lot of these discussions around. So one question I want to ask you all then, why do you think a lot of companies then are pushing for people to go back to the office? Is it just the safety net of seeing people doing their work in, in an office altogether, or is there something more to it? Management, leadership, insecurity, that's fundamental. Well, that's fundamentally what this is. It's presenteeism, and I've I've seen it, I, I've seen it in, throughout my career, and I've seen managers and leaders getting very uncomfortable when they don't see people at their desk, and I, I think that's at the root of all of this. Okay, Interesting. yeah, okay. I definitely agree with that, and also got to remember that a lot of these companies made massive investments into their office buildings right before COVID hit and now they they need to start seeing some actual use of it the likes of the the Googles and Facebooks of the world yeah it's very hard to justify that investment if you don't have anyone in the office so I think that's this part of it is to do with that and also I'm sure that there are plenty of products that probably wouldn't have come about if people weren't in an office environment together and you know those those accidental times when people have bumped into each other and had a, a water cooler chat sometimes those things do spark innovation and we do lack that remotely unless you plan for it and try to make it happen you know with the the social events that we do remotely can help with that but it's not a complete replacement for being in the office okay. yeah i do i do think there's something in that for sure you know you get you, you in the face-to-face the, the -face collaboration 
side of it. I think we definitely miss out on that versus pre-COVID, but it's, you know, what Brian said, it's, it's all about trust. You know, do, do you trust your employees to, to do the do the work? You know, there's kind of almost unmeasurable aspects where you're having those side conversations. You do miss those, but, but if you create a space and, you, you know, you create that balanced working environment, I think there's a way through that. You don't have to go fully fully one way or the other. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I have too much more to add, but I think it, it I think the other thing coming down from these management from higher management is driven by sort of a whole company approach. And that approach doesn't necessarily make it any better for technical teams. It may it may work for a different department, you know, not to it maybe it's a marketing department or HR or or another department of facilities, you know, where it gets a lot more value out of being out of office and ha- there is a deterioration in productivity being being remote but when we're the way our technical teams work it it doesn't really make any there's no advantage to coming in the office other than face-to-face collaboration and and idea sharing okay great uh, i mean sorry go on brian ali that, that that was a really interesting point i've i've literally i've just had a, an article published today and i and i'll quote you directly from the article that's uh, i say that for leaders that that present a lack of trust in their teams to deliver and when leaders don't trust their teams to deliver, their teams don't deliver. Okay, couldn't couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's such a valid point. You need to trust your people. If you if you trust your people, you're empowering them to do the right thing, and they'll they'll repay you. You know, they'll repay you back. It's it's interesting how the you know the tech landscape is going to be in the next five years because young generations entering the industry value the working from home and the flexibility, and they're not setting for being in the office every day while obviously management has been in the industry for a longer when people are at the office so it's a yeah it's an interesting evolving situation that we'll <laughs> we'll see how it goes in the next few years i suppose but yeah thank you very much all for this talking about these points uh, are very much of interest to the audience i'm sure so okay i'll move on to the next question that's from Hali, and Ali, you can obviously expand on this after so this is how do you keep employees from feeling isolated in the hybrid remote working world? Yeah, Ali, very interesting that because I know that these feelings can kick in at times. Yeah, right. So so this is quite quite an interesting one and a challenge that I'm sure we've all had to deal with. I guess to some degree, employee well-being as well. So we we work in a hybrid environment, a hybrid working environment. We've got people geographically dispersed, not just in London, but actually all over the UK and, and also some in, in New Zealand as well, actually. So with that comes you know, the, the, for those that, that live further afield, you've got, you know, maybe less time face-to-face in the office than you would with those living closer to our office location in London, for example. So I think it's really important to be mindful of that and also, the, the the type of work that that people are, are working on as well it could affect it. For example, there may be there may be a project that you know you've you've got an idea of what needs to be be implemented. And it's almost just a case of cracking on and 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 kind of delivering. And they they could be in the wrong environment, a tendency to just you know not check in leave and leave and get on with it and then come back two three weeks later and what have you done but i think it's really important to have regular check-ins with with your team to make sure not only from a you know professional perspective how you get on with your work what you know 
upwardly pro- progress on things, but also just seeing how they are on a on a personal level, show engagement with their personal life as well. Although to say that some people don't may, may not want that level of engagement, so you know you need to work that out with the, the individuals in your team, but at least provide a space where you have you can talk about those things. And then I think you know making sure that as a as a company you've got resources if if people are starting to you know feel a little edgy they might need a little bit more support make sure that the company's actually thinking about that as well for example you know there might be platforms or services that that you you pay for where staff can use to 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 you know seek further advice for example so i think that's you know there's 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 a some safety nets that you can bring to your team and, and that we should all be thinking of to try to avoid employees getting into that into that situation. And I, th- I really do think if you can, bring the team together face-to-face periodically. Not always possible for every company, of course, but if you can, it's, it's you know, it really does help the team gel and bond when, when you get that FaceTime. Thank you very much. Brian, do you want to go first, please? Yeah, I was just thinking about the the FaceTime thing. And I, again, in, in globally distributed teams that's obviously not always possible however what i've done in in those circumstances is i've i've made a point in getting out and having facetime with with, with the teams and in, in, in the remote locations uh, it's not it's not a whole solution but it does it, it does help if you you know and it it makes people feel it makes people feel more engaged and more part of the of the larger globally distributed team the support Networks absolutely, absolutely critical because they're you know when when someone and I've, I've I've encountered this many times when when people are hitting issues, it, we we can't solve them ourselves. We we need some we need some professional assistance, right? And and that's that's where organisations can can help. And and to your point about checking in, I, I again I, I do this religiously, right? And I just say it's just it. How's it going? That's it, right? And then. I from that I can gauge, you know, whether or not they want to talk about, you know, the what's going on at home or whether or not things are whether work's a bit a bit pressing. And I'm I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this a bit later, but when when you're seeing code check-ins at three AM in the morning, that that's you know, that there's 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 clearly something wrong there, right? So you need to try and you need to try and keep your finger on the pulse of your of your of your reports. Absolutely dude, that's great. Yeah, thanks Brian. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Code check ins late at night. Never a good idea, <laughs> and then always worrying to see. Yeah, and uh, I, I think obviously the, the the best position to be in is to never never get into the situation where employees need to refer to those services if we can. But you know, life is what it is. You know, some, sometimes things come up. So yeah, couldn't agree with me more. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Greg, what do you think? Yeah, I think on the point about isolation, it's just really important to have regular check-ins with your team. And I know I've had situations in the past where you have a, a regular one-to-one slot with a manager and the manager just says, we don't have anything to talk about today or I don't have anything to talk about, so shall we cancel? And actually, I think that can then become a bit of a habit and eventually you don't end up talking to your manager. So as a manager myself, I always try to make sure that I keep those regular appointments and Unless there's a really good reason, I leave it to my report if they if they have a good reason why they want to cancel. But even if there's nothing work related to discuss, 
it's just good to have a chat and say hi and just gauge how people are feeling because you just you just don't know otherwise maybe if you were in the office with them you you might get a bit more of that face to face and you can gauge how someone's feeling but otherwise just chatting to them on slack or teams or whatever it's very hard through the medium of text alone to gauge how they're feeling and my team is a small team very distributed from san diego to italy so we've got a wide time you know time difference that we have to cover which means we don't get a lot of time where we all cross over together so um those times where we do come together are, are quite precious to us and we we make sure that we use them and i think those as we talked about earlier the social interactions just having some silly time where you play some games together maybe get some get some food everyone gets some food in at home and and does play some games it just helps people to feel a bit more connected to everyone else and lets their guard down a bit and you you reap the rewards in other interactions that you have as a team thank you craig oh what's your take yeah it's a i think sir this is a really difficult one and i think it's something that if you work on work on if you spend a lot of time working on it it does help with the success of being remote or hybrid I think when it comes down to isolation, you know, getting to know the team as personally, if you can, is helpful. I appreciate, like Ali said, not everyone wants to share what they did on the weekend, and then some will 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 send you two paragraphs, right? But I think I think the good, the most powerful sentence we can have, like, is you know, how are you? You know, and I quite like that one, and I think Brian said as well. It's just it's so ambiguous, but at least shows you're interested. And and some people religiously will only ever tell me the projects they're working on, and that's cool. <laughs> And some will tell me about, you know, some something that their 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 son or daughter did at kindergarten the day before, you know, as an example. So it's you know, it's 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 a great way to sort of, you know, just show 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 a bit more interest, but get to know everyone a bit better and, and have that connective connect to each other a bit better, you know, stuff that you would would have had in the office environment, whether it was the water cooler or the kitchen. And then I think it was Craig's point about the one to ones. I think I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's it's so it's so such a negative impact to cancel our one-to-ones with our, with our team. You know, I, I know when I've worked in an office environment and you cancel one-to-ones, it's kind of okay. It's kind of not, of course, but it's kind of okay because you still see each other around the office and, and acknowledge each other and that. But if you don't talk to someone for two weeks because you've canceled the one-to-one, it's, it is not good. I mean, I've, I've had to move them I, and that would be my preference to canceling, but it's so important that we give, give our teams that time of day so that they're not feeling too isolated and then what one final thing i i find works for some people doesn't is those that are that are remote for the remote distributed guys if they're feeling a little bit you know a little bit claustrophobic i'll tell them to go work at a coffee shop for half a day you know it's you know you're not going to talk to one in the coffee shop but at least there's the buzz of people around you okay you don't have your probably a nice chair and your big monitor and you're probably on a small laptop but at least it's the noise, the background noise of of people, other people talking, and and you know could sometimes help as well with with a bit of isolation, especially when you're remote from the rest of the team. That that's that's a really good technique, Paul, and that's something that I I hadn't considered, uh, and that's that's something I'll 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 put into the I'll put into my, my my toolbox. One of the techniques I, I use in terms of trying to gauge whether or not someone's going to tell me about you know that life outside of work is that I'll actually I'll actually give them a a bit of a bit of me right so i'll, I'll say oh you know this is what I was up to the weekend or you know you know the, the the kids and the dog were playing up you know and and that gives them that gives them the option to you know to to engage with that or not 
and I, whether they do or not is 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 not really it's not really an option, but it's not really a, an issue for me. But some, as you said, some would just tell you about the project work, and others would just would just write loads about the weekend. So, but yeah, trying to gauge as to who's gonna who's gonna respond better to you know exposing a bit of themselves to to the corporate world. That's one of the techniques that I use. Uh, one one other quick thing to add as well that we found useful as a company, not just in my immediate team, but given that we've had so many people join the company remotely over the past couple of years, we've got a, a tool called Donut, which um, kind of pairs people randomly in the company. And you, typically it's pairing someone who's been at the company for a while with someone who's just joined or joined very recently. So it basically schedules a Zoom meeting with the two of you and you then get to chat to someone who you wouldn't otherwise speak to and that really helps just to both to welcome new people and also for the people who have been here a while to speak to other people as well in the company and just tell them a bit about the company and what you know what what's going on in their world and in their part of the company so yeah we found that really useful yeah i I think that's really interesting actually all all the points have been raised really interesting and when you mentioned there, Craig, onboarding new new employees is actually something to be mindful of, mate. Because you know, in this 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 world, onboarding in a remote or hybrid environment is really challenging, right? Versus uh, and and also <laughs> it, for you know graduates and and you know new entrants into the employment market, I feel they miss out as well because you know a lot of, a lot of the learning you do is from sitting next to someone and just listening to them on the phone or. You know, going over to the manager. Oh, how do you do this? You kind of miss that as as in this this new world. So I think that's another area just to maybe think about see if there's any solutions to it. Although, yeah, aside from face to face, I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, cool. Thank you all, Craig. The point you made about the pairing course, I think that's very interesting. I have I've heard of that before. Uh, but what's the frequency of of those calls? Is it once every quarter or um, as a as a contributor, you get to choose how frequently you want oh, okay. to happen. So it can be as much as once a week or once a month. And you can also pause them for a while. So if you're just too busy, okay. pause the introductions. And it, it just sends you a, sends you both a, a Slack or Teams message or whatever. And then it encourages you to schedule a meeting time. And then you just meet up. And you know, we've got offices in Australia, Japan, and I've I've met people from the other side of the world who I wouldn't normally speak to in my day to day work. So it's it's really good, and I think everyone benefits from it. Okay, yeah, it sounds really interesting, and uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that how that benefits new starters because especially if you talk to someone who's been in the company for a while, then you get a feel a feel and insight on the company. But what sort of feedback have you had from? more experienced, long-serving members of the team. I think everyone just enjoys it because it's a, it's a social opportunity to okay. meet people and even those of us who, who perhaps are slightly more introverted and, and, and struggle a bit more, it's, you know, it just pushes people slightly out of their comfort zones. But also I've had a lot of good chats that have led to interesting projects and things happening that wouldn't otherwise have happened because just as you would in the office, bump into somebody from a different team, suddenly you've you've got an opportunity to talk about not just the social things, but work as well and and talk about what's going on in your team. So 
Okay, looks works really well. It's well worth the the very very small investment, but it's one of the ways in which I think technology can help us overcome some of these challenges with remote working. Thank you very much. Okay, great. I think we can move on to to the next points, and that's Craig. Craig has made three points, so I'll go with the first. Remote working can be lonely at times. How do you keep your team connected and motivated when they're 100% remote? Second, what is your ideal balance of office versus remote working? And third is, is burnout more of an issue for remote versus office-based workers? Okay. So I think on the first one, actually, we've we've talked about that quite a bit already, being, being lonely and isolated. Yeah. And those some of the solutions. So, you know, making sure we keep people connected. The second one, ideal balance of office versus remote working. This kind of assumes that you perhaps have a have a choice. If you have a choice of going into the office versus remote working, what do you choose? And perhaps how many days do you choose to do each? And yeah, how do you coordinate it with the rest of your team as well? And then yeah, burnout, pretty obvious really that there's a much more of an opportunity when you never leave your house to just spend all hours of the day working and you need to keep keep tabs on that and make sure it doesn't happen so how do you how do you manage that yeah so that was my questions that's Craig Ali do you want to go first please yeah sure so I guess first one on being lonely at times how do you keep your team connected so yeah we kind of covered that already I guess another thing that we do is that it, we, we try and involve our staff in 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 the wider company as well so for example we've got a, a sustainability committee where we cycle the people on that committee every at least every six months so they'll work on various initiatives for the the company, not just on their project work. So it's kind of trying to make the connection with the company and and the employees to do something good for for the company. And also, it, it forces people who wouldn't normally be together kind of work to work on something together. So that's that's kind of another little angle there. Ideal balance of office versus remote. Personally. I think kind of two to three days a week is is kind of the nice sweet spot, which I'm sure lots of people will agree with. But at the same time, there's no one size fits all for individuals and for companies as well. Different roles might require, you know, more office time, particularly roles that involve direct based, you know, communications, client meetings, etc. Although obviously there's there's virtual tools around to, to deal with that these days. But we've, yeah, I think two to three days personally feels like the right, the right balance. And, and that actually, I, I actually enjoy the hybrid side of things, not one re- fully remote or fully on in the office as well, because you get the FaceTime on top. And then burnout. Yes. Agreed. You know, it's definitely something to, to be mindful on. I think your regular one-to-ones, you're, you know, keeping an eye on, on those commits commits that uh, that I mentioned there as well and just yeah asking ask you know keeping an eye out not and not just on your one-to-ones but like whatever project team they're in as well making sure there's a there's a culture of not expecting you know crazy hours to be worked on to get something done you know make if that if that's the case there's a problem that needs to be addressed and I think yeah just just creating that culture where actually you know, you, 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 even with communications, 
you 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 know you can send an email like slack asynchronous channels you can send us a, a slack message you know you don't expect to get an immediate response back necessarily just creating that space where boundaries and expectations are set clear i think that kind of helps with it with it with that too yeah so that's probably covers that one yeah that's i think that's really interesting particularly like the, the committee idea of taking something some company goal or something that the company has to achieve and rotating people in that way i think that's really interesting yeah we found it it works works quite well and uh, you know, people you know it's it's helping in, in that particular example the sustainability committee it's actually got a wider benefit as well right so it's uh, it, it works it works quite well great thank you very much paul what do you think? Yeah, I think I think well, starting with the question three, I quite the the burnout is a very interesting one and and one that or that I'm quite conscious of because I've, I I we've, I'm very big on sort of keeping talent in house as long as we can, and you know burnout is you know one of the reasons we're going to lose people. I think boundaries are, are are a very important thing. I think you mentioned already, Ali, and 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 I think especially when people are new, they might be you know trying to impress or they're not sure where those boundaries are. But you know I think. Things in Slack, like you know, disabling people from sending you messages after hours, is a is a nice is a nice easy boundary to set. You know, we have people in the company for operational support needs that are online twenty four hours, not twenty four hours, but seven days a week. And you know, we don't want you know you don't need to answer someone's message on a Sunday if you're not working Sunday, right? So I think things like that in Slack really help. I think you know, calling people out in a in obviously in a nice way. I've done it before to some of the senior guys. It's like turn your laptop off. Or stop logging into Slack at Sunday, right? <laughs> you know, it's a, you know, play, you know, playfully calling your team out for like, you know, being up at all hours of the night. You know, I appreciate, you know, we have deadlines and, you know, that may require 10 hours one day and, or, or, or that. And these things happen. But, you know, when you're consistently seeing late night code commits or people online asking questions at all hours of the night, why? You know, why are you online? Okay. Make sure tomorrow you, you start a bit later or, you know, just really sort of protecting that burnout. But, you know, and also, not like alienating their family or their, their personal life, you know, making sure they have that, that balance of, you know, working, working so that, you know, work and enjoy the rest of your life as well. You know, I feel like, you know, we're taking people's commute time away from, which is great by being remote, but it doesn't mean that they then need to eject another two hours into the workday. <laughs> you know, I know there's some e expectations. I've, I've worked at companies like that before, but you know, that's, that's going to lead to burnout very, very quickly in terms of the the balance remote and versus hybrid i mean we're we're fully remote but however i mean if the choice was if i was given the choice i liked the idea of hybrid but more so i would like to spend one day a week with more senior leaders in the company face to face i don't really feel like i would get the value out of seeing engineers or head head, head heads of engineers on a weekly on a weekly basis but it would they you know maybe for them it would be better for a monthly face to face you know maybe if we had a weekly one-to-one, -one, maybe every fourth one was face-to-face, -face, I could see some value in that. But I do appreciate that, you know, a lot of engineering and highly technical people get a lot more value out of being fully remote. So I think maybe higher up the food chain, the more days it makes sense to be in the office. I do enjoy the face-to-faces I get with the, with the company CEO, but then we're, we're 10 minutes drive from each other. So it's that's an easier one to do. So I can I can see the value in maybe some senior, senior managers having a, a one or two days a week in the office. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and I think the point you were making about you know sending messages out of hours, I think as managers, it's also our duty to make sure that we set an example and don't do that unless 
maybe there are some some exceptions we have an incident we have to respond to but definitely don't make it a habit as a manager because i certainly always feel pressured if if my manager's sending me something out of hours and they've they know that it's not my time to be working it it's puts a lot of pressure on you to respond and it's not always a good time you know you with your family and stuff so i think it's an important thing to recognize as a manager thank you very much old brian yeah i it, it i agree with everything the boundaries thing for me is 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 absolutely key and making sure that the people don't send communications outside of ours is is really important and what i have noticed before is that you know you're asking people you know if you're if you're a different geography a different time zone don't send don't send an email which is you know when i arrive here at two o'clock in the morning because all i get then is staff coming in and servicing a shitload of emails at you know at 9 a.m schedule them right schedule them for you know a bit later stagger them out through, through the, throughout the day right they don't need to be unless it's urgent they don't need to be responded to first thing it's it's i also take the point on leading by example making sure that that we don't we don't say the the ball in motion that allows others to say, oh, well, you sent an email at you know nine pm at night or at the weekend, unless of course, as as Craig said, it's a critical incident you need to you need to resolve. I think that's 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 really important. And taking on Paul's point about you know there are always spikes in delivery. You people will we will have to work. You know we have to put a shift in. We'll do ten or twelve hours. But exactly to Paul's point, the, the the following day, a couple of days after, I'll say, look, look, take a half day, or don't come in till eleven o'clock. You know, it's it's you know, it's 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 more important to me that that you're around because what I don't want is the is the is the intellectual and technical capital walking out the building, right? For for things that are inside our control. On on the on the balance of days in the office, I think I think two days is this is the sweet spot. But it's what is important is the cadence of that rather than just it. So it has if it's two days, it has to be the same two days, right? Bang, 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 and that that never shifts, right? That that's once once that's in place, it never moves because then everybody can work their lives around that. But equally, for younger members of staff who may be in a in a flat share, I, I use the office as much as you like. You, you know, I I've, I think that's. It's it's almost on an individual level that we need to be that we need to be careful. I mean, you know, old old guys don't <laughs> we don't we don't necessarily want to be you know spending the three hour commuting and then you know and all the additional bother. But for the for the for the social interaction and just the human to human contact for for younger members of staff, I think it's important to allow them the flexibility to come in as and when they choose, as long as those as long as those two days are. Are held at sacrosanct, and we've touched on you know the, the 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 motivation and keeping teams connected. It's it's all about from a leadership perspective, keeping your finger on the pulse, making sure you're checking in with your staff. You know how's it going, how are you doing, and trying to trying to open up the the lines of communication and making sure that your door is always open, right? So that there there are instances where I I I will happily take a call or a you know or a Slack message late at night and that's if you know if 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 somebody needs to talk right and i think you know being being approachable in that in that sense helps to it helps to engender not not just not just team cohesion but it also helps keep 
keep your staff motivated because they know that they can that you've got their back if something if something's going wrong great thank you very much okay so thanks a lot that was a great episode and some very interesting points to be discussed so before we end the podcast i'd like to say thanks so much to our guests today for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation once again our guest on today's podcast had been Voltali, CTO at CoinPass, Brian Harkin, CTO at Kynec, Ali Salaman, Head of Engineering at Koshanyo Blast, Craig Grouse, Manager of Mobile Development at Telium. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, please feel free to drop me a message. And finally, if you're hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. I'm Flavio Aragoni and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at flavio.aragoni at evolutionjobs.co.uk. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.